everyone, and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spiteri, joined by the one and only Allison Aletha. Al, how you doing? How was your week? Uh, my week is good. It was super busy at work, and then the weekend was nice and uh, productive. I, I actually went shopping and bought a new mattress. It's the first time I've ever done that. The last one I just got cheap. At- Did you? Yeah. So, like, I bought a nice mattress, and it was just, it's really nice, so I'm excited about that. You know what? It's funny that you say that because uh, we bought a new mattress a couple months ago and um, it's like it's really hot, you know, like you'd wake up just kind of sweaty and it's just kind of like, ugh. so we're also looking for like a replacement mattress for that one because it had one of those like 100 day give it back if you don't like your sleep kind of deals. Yeah. OK. Yeah. But we're, we're quickly nearing day 100. So we got to be we got to make up our minds here. Yeah, makes sense. I, I got that deal, too. So, I mean, f- my first night sleeping on it, it kind of like you know when you go to a hotel or somebody's house and you're like this yeah. is a different bed it's not mine that's kind of how it felt but i'm like this is mine now so i gotta get used to it <laughs> yeah it was kind of the same like i had this this uh queen size mattress that i think it used to be my grandma's and she was just gonna get rid of it and i had like a twin bed and i was like i'll take it and so that's how i ended up with my old mattress and i had that one for like forever yeah forever and ever so yeah we finally upgraded but uh it's just it's too sweaty. My wife likes to sleep like a caterpillar too. Like she pulls like the blanket up to her ears every night and was just like <laughs> hiding under the blankets. And like I kind of sleep with like all of my limbs out of the blanket and whatever. So like it's not too <laughs> hot for me, but she's like, you know, she doesn't love it. But gotcha. Uh, I guess uh, I guess that is adulting when you're when you're talking about new mattresses, and, right? And stuff like that. Yeah, that's hard stuff. They're expensive, unfortunately. Yeah, they are. My God, we, yeah, let's not even get down that road, but man, if you, <laughs> if you are lucky enough to have someone giving away a mattress, by God, you take that mattress, because these things are like thousands of dollars, yep. thousands of dollars, yep. it's a ripoff. Um, all right, well, we have a ton of Zelda questions, and just a ton of just, actually, I'm looking at this list, and they're, they're kind of like Zelda questions, but mixed with just kind of general questions as well, so I'm excited to answer some of these, but before we get there, Allison... I felt like we should touch on something. You and I touched on it earlier this week when we were chatting, but we we didn't touch on it in the podcast. So from the time that we recorded last week to the time that we are recording today, we have learned that E3 is going to be a digital-only event, meaning that the traditional trade show aspect of it is completely gone. And if I'm being honest, I don't think that it will ever come back. Um, I really don't. But... um, that means to me, or at least this is my theory, and you can weigh in on this, Al, is that the bet that we made last week isn't looking as good for me anymore because <laughs> typically you would front load E3 with like all of your biggest announcements uh, and whatnot. But now I wonder, because E3 isn't quite going to be the spectacle that it's been in years past... I wonder if that means that they're going to distribute some of those announcements that, that might have been, you know, included at E3 and, um, you know, push them onto other directs or even maybe have mini directs or something like that. And specifically, if we're going to learn about Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 in maybe the February direct, I think that your position looks a lot better this week than it did last week when I bet against you. So you're, I think you're looking pretty good, Al. I like I like the sound of that. Um, yeah, I'm not really I'm not really sure how E3 is going to be going forward um, in years to come, because you know COVID definitely did a number on a lot of things. But I do know that Nintendo is very good at doing um, you know digital uh, announcements and that kind of thing because right. we've been watching the directs for years. So I, I'm not worried about them in the slightest. Maybe they just need to make a really cool. Um, like special kind of direct for E3 um, and that would still mean there's a chance that they could uh, just focus on Breath of the Wild 2 uh, during E3 but yeah we'll see I I mean I I just feel like knowing how long they need to market stuff that they need to they need to get their their stuff together here in the next couple months so that's that's where I'm that's where my head's at where I think they're gonna go um, so I'm I'm doing some quick just kind of stats here. So the Nintendo Direct in February of 2021 on YouTube has 2.6 million views. Okay. So that is obviously uh, a ton of views. And I'm going to quickly 
compare that to the amount of views that the Nintendo Direct at uh, E3 2021 had. And wouldn't you look at that, that one has 1.9 million views. Um, so I don't know. And like, I guess it's worth mentioning as well, the Nintendo Direct from the from the June month or from September of 2021 had 5.2 million views. Now, this is to say that like the incentive maybe is less for Nintendo to to have that you know those big announcements at E3. Whereas I guess the counter argument to that is E3 itself was streaming, so there were a lot of different ways to watch the yeah. E3 Nintendo Direct yeah. versus like there's really only one way to watch the other Nintendo Directs, but. Uh, just to me, it seems like the incentive to have your, like, your that was your big announcement, uh, right? Like, of the year. Like, all your big stuff was at E3. And, and it seems to me that the incentive to have that is diminished. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yep. I Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see for sure. All right. Let's get to these questions here, Al. And we're going to, uh, you know what? Actually, hold on. Hold on. Because this this question just sparked my memory of something that we literally just talked about and I forgot to do. So, uh, let's go back, take a step back. We are <laughs> fast approaching episode number 200 of this podcast. First of all, can you believe that? Episode 200 of this podcast? Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> that's how, It's cool, but it's so crazy. Be, be honest. <laughs> how many episodes does it feel like for you, having been on this show with me for as long as you have? Oh, uh, like 130. <laughs> I was expecting you to say, like, a thousand or something like that. Like, God, I can't take any more of this guy. Um, <laughs> okay, but we have episode 200 coming up in a couple weeks, as a matter of fact. And we are not going to let that milestone just slither by. By God, we have something very special planned. It's going to be very fun, and it's going to be streamed on the Champions Cast Twitch channel. And uh, it's going to be... I think that it's going to be really exciting. I have already prepared my part for this, and uh, we're going to reveal what is going on next week on the Champions Cast. So next week, you can learn about our episode 200 plans and ideas, and uh, we're gonna we'll we'll get a schedule, we'll get uh, some information for you, but we're gonna we're gonna give you the premise of what's going on next week. So it's going to be very fun. And something that I personally am very much looking forward to. So, yeah, keep it locked next week. All right, now let's get to our Zelda questions here. And there's maybe nothing more appropriate to start off our Zelda questions than a question about Metroid. And this is for Allison. This is from my dear friend, Metroid35. She asks, what are your thoughts on Metroid Dread so far, Allison? I know you've already... Or I know you're already speed running the game as we speak. Is that true? Uh, no. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> so Metroid 35 was super nice uh, to send me Metroid Dread. However, it's currently on my to-be-played list, um, and which I am working through. I'm trying to be, not be one of those people that has a to-be-played list and then never touches anything on it. Um, right. But something I've been saying that I've been doing that I would do for the last two years is play one of the new houses, one of the other houses for. Um, Fire Emblem Three Houses, so I'm going through the Blue Lion House right now. So it's coming up quickly on my to be played list, and I'm excited because I I don't know what I I know there's a lot of games coming out in 2022, but not enough to hold me over for the whole year. So I'm kind of saving Metroid Dread for that. Really? Oh God, man! I think like of all the big Nintendo releases in 2022, I'll probably buy most of them. Actually, like there's a lot of stuff that I really like. Um, like, I'll get Splatoon, I'll get Pokemon, I'll get Zelda, obviously. The only one I won't... I mean, I don't even need to tell you the big game that I won't get from Nintendo. <laughs> but, like, Mario Rabbids, I'm going to pick that up. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's... Uh, I can't wait to talk about Metroid Dread. You know what? When you play Metroid Dread, come on the Omega Metroid podcast, and we'll just have an episode where you and I do that. Okay. We can, we can sneak in an extra episode together. <gasps> Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Allison's like, oh god, not, we're podcasting with Andy Spiteri. <laughs> yeah, um, all right. Metro Thirty Five has another great question. Have you all played the CDI games, and which meme is your favorite from those games? Uh, yeah, we played the CDI games. We have uh, an episode on was it was it Wand of Gamelon or was it Faces of Evil? I think it was Faces of Evil. Yeah, Faces of Evil. We haven't done Wand of Gamelon yet. Right. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I've played both, and I've played like I don't know five minutes of Zelda's Adventure. Have you played any Zelda's Adventure? Um, I don't think I actually played it, but I did sit there with uh, Ashton last uh, last summer for the marathon for like a good hour and watched it, and it is painful. Yeah, it's you know what it's. I mean, it is really bad. Um, but the game itself, like the backgrounds, I think look pretty cool. Like they're kind of psychedelic, like. They're very, like, Windows 95 early kind of graphics that were trippy and stuff like that. I just, it, I have kind of a soft spot for it, but actually playing the game is pretty, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, as for the favorite memes, okay, this isn't a meme, but I I heard this and I thought it was, like, the funniest thing that I'd ever heard. So, our our dear friend Mossy Segopian, the owner of Zelda Dungeon, uh, once told me that, quote, the difference in quality from Ocarina of Time to Wand of Gamelon and Faces of Evil is the same difference in quality from Wand of Gamelon and Faces of Evil to Zelda's Adventure, which I <laughs> thought was so funny. Uh, so, yeah, that's my favorite. That's my favorite meme from those games. Yeah, um, I've played I've played both uh, Wand of Gamelon and Faces of Evil also. Um, I like Faces of Evil better, but I think my favorite meme... I'll, I'll say memes, I guess. I, I really like when Link says golly. I think that's really freaking hilarious. <laughs> and also, this is kind of something that was made via um, our good pal Lulu in the Oh My Goodness Woman. God, I can never remember her name. But she just, like, does these funny movements. And she's like, oh, my goodness. So this is like a ZD meme at this point, And I love it. Uh, there's also the, uh, I can't remember his name either, like the Tin Boss from... <laughs> yeah. um... You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He's like, he's so lame, and it's like, this guy rocks. He's so, like, he's so lame, but, like, he doesn't know it. So, he's, yeah, he's he's good. He's good. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Saya, I probably said that wrong, I'm sorry, has a question. Which Legend of Zelda enemy is your favorite, and which is your least favorite? Okay, so I have a least favorite. Favorite? I don't know. Least favorite, I would say, are like-likes, specifically in 3D. I think they're manageable in 2D, but, like, I, I don't know. I just I think I have, like, just bad memories of Ocarina of Time as a kid and, like, like, swallowing me. And they looked, like, they looked so gross and disgusting in 3D. And, like, the way that, like, the, um, the, I don't even know how to say it. Like, their skin would just rise up when you saw them was just, like, ugh. It was so gross. <laughs> so, like, likes are probably my least favorite. If we're talking least favorite, like, functionally it would be um tectikes because like every time you try and go on water they, you know what almost every time you're just like all right this guy isn't gonna get me he's not gonna he's not gonna be able to reach me and they do so yeah that that's definitely one that i'm just like ugh. but uh i don't know i need a second to think of favorites al do you have uh do you have a favorite and least favorite i have a my first like favorite that comes to mind i have a lot of enemies that i like to like i enjoy fighting like just the fighting style with them but i really like taluses that's no surprise um my least favorite would probably have to be any kind of wall or floor master i hate them i think they're stupid and <laughs> and they just cause me a lot of grief because like one you don't just take damage from them but they swoop you up and take you back to the, like the very beginning of the dungeon in almost every game and it's super obnoxious yeah yeah that's uh that's a that's a good point the worst they're the worst um i think i'm gonna say favorite is uh oh, maybe i'll just be generic and say i, I really like uh wolfos and stalfos mm -hmm. um I, I think that they're maybe wolfos actually i think that wolfos are awesome just like something about a cool wolf fighting you is, is cool. So yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Ranger nine, two, three has a question here. Who is your favorite side character in the series? Good question. What do you say? Al? Side character in the series. I'm thinking when I think side character, I think they're still of some importance, not like an NPC. I agree. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, this is, this is hard. I really like Bruce. <laughs> Or, I mean, if you got, like, a companion, I like Fi and I like Navi. That's hard. That's a hard one. I'm, I'm going to try and even take it down a level from that. So, like, uh, because I feel like Groose and, like, the Sages and, and all those guys are, like, 
kind of important to the story, you know? So like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try and base my criteria on a character who is like, not quite an NPC, but also not like completely relevant to the events of the story that is happening. If that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, which is a very hard criteria actually to nail down. But, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, a few that come to mind, maybe not my favorite, but like some very memorable ones are like the, uh, the, I was going to call him the astro the astronomer, but like the wizard from Majora's Mask always really sticks out to me. Okay. Uh, you know, the guy in the, with the big telescope. Yeah. Uh, he always sticks out to me. Um, let's see, using my criteria, I would say that I think that, um, Mido is a really good one. He, you know, he kind of begrudgingly learns to accept Link a little bit, um, so those those ones would be off the top of my head that I can think of. Uh, Beatrice from Skyward Sword, Beatrice. I think, is fantastic. <laughs> Love She's it. one of my favorites. Love it. So, uh, yeah, but that's that's kind of a hard criteria. I I feel like. Yeah, it is, especially when you know, off the top of my head, I can't think of every character that I love, but I know I have some that I that I just adore that have kind of more your criteria to it as well. So. Maybe maybe I'll get back to this question in the future with somebody that I actually really love. I mean, but more important characters, I would say, like, I really like Bruce and his uh, character development. Using that, I would probably either say Groose or, or Saria would be my answer. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, our good friend uh, KB Smith has a couple questions here. Um, and this is a great question. And we kind of touched on it last week, but maybe we can go into more detail here. Um, she asks, what is your number one Zelda game wish for 2022 or 2023 that is not Breath of the Wild 2? Say, assuming we get Breath of the Wild 2 in 2022, what do you want for 2023? So, I have, I have, I have kind of two different answers. So my first answer is like a new Zelda game, right? Like, I, I feel like yeah. that's just like a generic answer. Um, I would love a new, like, maybe like a, a, a 2D Zelda game um, specifically or like, you know, if if by new, it, you could also lump in, like, maybe they remade the Oracles in there. I'd, I'd take that. So I, I would just love a new Zelda game. But if I'm being a little bit more specific, because I feel like that's such an obvious answer, I really would love to have the Game Boy Advance games come to Nintendo Switch, just so that I can play Minish Cap online. Because I, I feel like I feel like playing Minish Cap is, is kind of a pain, for at least for me, because like I know a lot of people out there use their Wii U as like their Zelda console, but I just hate my Wii U. Like I hate plugging it in. I hate the system. So I want to be able to play it on my Switch. Um, and there were so many other great Game Boy Advance games that I feel like could come over with that. So that would be pretty high up there for my list. Um, and I would say like new Amiibo. I would really want new Amiibo, and I'm sure that we're gonna get some with Breath of the Wild too. But I, I like. Breath of the Wild 1 had, like, God, I hate that I just said Breath of the Wild 1, but Breath of the Wild had, like, such cool amiibo released with it, right? Like, you had all the, the different Links and Zeldas, you had the Cobblin, the Guardian, and then you had the Champions released after. Like, that was such an awesome line of amiibo, and then they had the, like, the Zelda Anniversary line of amiibo as well, and I feel like that just kind of has slowed down in recent years, and yeah. I really like, like, collecting amiibo, um, so I, I hope that they release some more of that as well. I can get behind that, the Amiibo. Um, my Zelda wish for 2022, um, I feel like I've said this a million times, but I will say it again. Um, and aside from Breath of the Wild 2, of course, is I would really like to see the Oracle games uh, redid in the Link's Awakening art style and probably released like as a dual, like a dual release in like a collection or something. Um, but after, especially after playing them last year and revisiting seasons, but playing ages for the first time, I just, I think these games deserve a lot more love than they get. And, um, what way, what better way to research these games as they have done with other Zelda games in the past than to remake them and stick them on the switch. So that's my hope for 2022, or if we get Breath of the Wild 2 this year for 2023. There you go. Um, KB Smith also has another great question here. What are your goals for the Champions Cast Twitch channel this year? Well, our first goal is to use it. Uh, <laughs> because, you know what? We, we tried to stream all of our episodes on um, on Twitch. And it was 
fine for like the Twitch audience. I think that we didn't have a lot of hiccups there doing that for the Twitch audience. But then like our our audio settings were just like completely destroyed when it came time to converting that to our like Podbean audience, which is where, you know, 98% of our viewership comes from. So we'll, we'll definitely use it. Um, I, I think I mentioned, I actually bought a new computer equipped with uh, like lots of, lots of goodies. It's literally sitting behind me in a box. It's been there for like a month. So I have to set that up. I have to get it going. And then, um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to dust off that Twitch channel and I'm going to, I'm going to play some games and Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe we can even get some Allison Metroid Dread action going on later this year. I, I don't Ooh, know. That would be fun. Um, yeah, I agree. We're going to use it <laughs> this year. Um, like like Andy teased, we're going to do our our special milestone episode on it. But um, Andy's going to be doing some streaming, like you said. But I was also thinking of, I didn't think of Metroid Dread, but that, that'll be awesome. I was also thinking of come marathon time, I'd do some speed runs. So because I talk about oh, it a go. lot on the Champions Cast, so I thought it'd be fun to share that. Yeah, Allison is pretty sick at speed running, like Breath of the Wild, Skyward Sword, Phantom Hourglass. It's it's pretty incredible what uh, what my friend can do playing those games. So if you get a chance to watch her, you should. Um, all right, let's uh, let's go to this question. This isn't even a question. Uh, Cyber Knight, cool name by the way, has a question. Which is worse, Water Temple from Ocarina of Time or Great Bay Temple from Majora's Mask? You know, this this narrative, this narrative that the Water Temple from Ocarina of Time is a bad dungeon is so overdone. It really is because Water Temple is a fantastic dungeon. Yeah, it's not and bad if at you, all. Like it, it can be punishing if you maybe are going in for the first time and and you know don't necessarily know where to go but i mean all dungeons kind of have that in a in a particular way um it it's not really that disorientating like there's a big spire in the middle that like you can always go back to so i don't really think it's that bad particularly if you're familiar with it and you know that like okay before i go into this tunnel i need to have this amount of keys because i think we've all been there when we've been in the water temple and you get to the, almost the very end and you get to that last door and it has that the, the lock on it and you're like oh my god i don't have any more small keys if you can avoid that the water temple is awesome it has a cool boss it has a cool theme it's a cool you know it's just a cool mechanic now that's not to say that great bay is a bad dungeon i don't think it is but i much prefer the water temple over great bay yeah um i agree i i i don't think the water temple from ocarina of time is that bad at all I remember playing it as a kid and being frustrated about the keys, but it's gotten easier um, in the 3D version. The game gives you hints for a very specific key that a lot of people miss. So <laughs> um, I think yeah. it's uh, I think it's a lot better now. And I I like Great Bay enough, like kind of like you said, but like it's just it's just not my favorite from any Zelda game by any means. So I. Again, it's not bad. I just it's just not my favorite. So that that's the best answer I have there. Um, yeah. So I I think that water I like I think Water Temple is a really strong dungeon, and I think that Great Bay is like uh, an okay, uh, <laughs> okay dungeon. I would even go like better than okay, like like upper okay. But like <laughs> I, yeah, I think Water Temple is just a really strong dungeon. So there we go. Um, Brun Kane Man has a question: Which game do you think will be remade next? And to add on to it. Would you prefer a remake like Link's Awakening or a reimagining like Final Fantasy VII? Well, my friend, depending on what we would like, that completely changes the way that those games are going to be made. So if you're talking a remake, and this is probably the answer, I think the Oracles are going to be remade next. I think that's the obvious answer mm -hmm. and probably what's going to happen. Um, I don't think that they'll ever do a reimagining or a remake like they did with Final Fantasy VII because that was like... If you've played Final Fantasy VII, then you know it's not exactly what you expect um, in terms of remakes. Although, I'm going to cheat plug here. I, we did an episode like a year and a half ago, me and Gooey Fame, on the Champions cast, where I pitched an Ocarina of Time remake in the style of Final Fantasy VII. So, check that out. But, uh, yeah, Oracles, I think, is the obvious answer. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I... Um... Final Fantasy VII, I still haven't been able to play it yet, but from what I understand of that reimagining, it is interesting, and I just find it really hard to believe that they would do something with Zelda that way. 
However, if they came out with, like, a new Zelda game and kind of did it in that vein, uh, like, with, like, the different parts and stuff, I think that would be kind of cool. Uh, you, everybody go check out that episode yeah. of, uh, of the, the Ocarina of Time Final Fantasy VII-esque remake, because our stipulation was that you had to pitch an entire game that was only set up until the point that you got to Inside the Great Deku Tree. Oh, so wow. So it was, it was, it was a cool episode. <laughs> wow. Well, because that's what the Final Fantasy VII remake does. Like, the the whole game takes place in like the first like five hours of the original Final Fantasy VII, and it's like a fifty hour game. Jeez. So, yeah. Um, all right, let's keep it going here. Um, Rodrigo has a question: Which game was most helped by or desperately needs some outside of the game mechanics? I think Allison that there's only one answer to this question, and I'm curious to see if you're going to pick the same one I do. Um, I'm, if I'm understanding the question right, like, if you, like, playing the game and having, like, a new port or something and having different mechanics to help you get through it, so I'm guessing, like, uh, Adventure of Link, probably, even though I haven't played it myself, but it does. I think that's the only answer, It does sound better (laughs) with the rewind feature. It's a, it's almost a different game with the rewind feature and save states to be honest like particularly the rewind feature though like it's not a bad game with that feature whereas without it it's like i don't want to play this you know <laughs> the chore so there <laughs> um great article by one of our editors mike midwood also by the um on on adventure of link by the way so check that out um game worm has a doozy here for us allison so let's go do you hope dungeons and breath of the wild 2 are more traditional Better versions of Divine Beasts or more like Hyrule Castle from Breath of the Wild? Wow. Ooh. Okay. I I don't know. What do you think? I, you know what's, I'm kind of having an interesting thought of Breath of, like Hyrule Castle from Breath of the Wild because you, you went in there and it felt a little bit more traditional because you had, it was a bigger space. Um, you could follow the map into different areas. Um, there were a couple items that you could get that were specific to it. and But you could also prepare for the big fight that you knew was coming up. You could get specific food. You could um, defeat specific enemies to get their weapons. There was like an armory and there were a bunch of different like parts that got you ready to fight Calamity Ganon at the end. And I'm kind of thinking like... In Breath of the Wild 2, if they have dungeons that are kind of like that, where it's a big area, you're free to explore whatever you want, nothing's really locked, maybe a few things are a little bit locked, but having the freedom and the openness of a dungeon like that, still having some puzzles and still having to find some items to get ready for the boss fight, I think that would be really cool, actually. It's like a mix of tradition and like the Divine Beast a little bit. I think you sold me, yeah. I kind of, I kind of agree with you. So I, when I looked at this... I was like, okay, well, immediately for me, Divine Beasts are out. I, I don't think we need to return to that. So it was between Traditional and Hyrule Castle. And I think the way that you pitched it, Hyrule Castle-esque dungeons could be could be really cool. Yeah. Um, I so, so. I, yeah, I, I, I go with that as well. Um, King Curity asks, in which game is Tingle the weirdest? Dude, it's Balloon Trip of Love, <laughs> and it's not even close. It's not even close. <laughs> Um, I've, I, again, I haven't played Tingle's Ro- Rosy Rupee Land yet. That's, that's on the to be played list for this year, but Tingle definitely looks like a complete weirdo in that game. <laughs> now, if it's, now if it's like a mainline Zelda game, because a lot of people don't have access to the Tingle games, I'd say maybe Wind Waker. He just seems very sketchy and like, like a slave driver and it's really weird. I, I think I'd still say Majora's Mask if it's uh, mainline games, but I, Wind Waker is pretty weird, too. I mean, he's a weird dude. <laughs> yeah. Just in general. Yeah. Um, Jules asks, any predictions on the next spinoff game? Spinoff game? I don't know. Ooh. Like, who could have predicted Cadence of Hyrule, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean maybe, maybe the safe answer would be, like, another Hyrule Warriors game. Ugh. Could be... You know what? You know what would be a badass Hyrule Warriors game is like the the war that uh, they discuss at the beginning of Skyward Sword, where like Hylia's fighting demise and stuff like that. That would be cool. That would be cool. That would. That would I don't be know, awesome. maybe, but, but I mean, other than like, who knows, right? Like, uh, uh, but I I love I love that they're doing like this 
pick these developers that have these kind of specialized styles of games and like hey let's let's put zelda into that so yeah i mean it could be anything and i think that's awesome um yeah i have a hard time trying i'm not very creative so i have a hard time trying to predict what uh the next spinoff game would be but i really like that they're doing that um i like that like cadence of hyrule was such a surprise you know so i really hope that they continue in that vein of um you know finding somebody to help them put like a zelda skin on a cool game with awesome mechanics like that and i don't know it's hard to it's hard to guess what they would go with next i just like being surprised by it yeah well i mean like like i said who could have predicted right cadence of hyrule yeah or or even hyrule warriors when it originally came out for that matter yeah so fair enough yeah, yeah i mean <laughs> your guess is as good as mine jules all right we got a doozy here from dark agonim let's go now that Nintendo has combined their handheld to console systems and seems to be the model going forward, do you think we will still get handheld type Zelda games opposed to console-based quality in the future? Would or should they cost less? What might you envision they would look like? Well, my friend, we already have this. We had Link's Awakening come out after Breath of the Wild, and it didn't cost less, and it shouldn't have cost less. And I think that that's just going to be what they're going to do. So I think that we're like already, you know, we're already here. It's already happened. Yeah, I I agree. Um, can you believe this? I just I was just thinking, how old is the Switch? It's five years old. <laughs> can you wow. believe that? So, God, this amazing console that we st- it, to me it still feels new. Like it still feels like the new age of Nintendo, but it's five years old now. So, yeah, I I agree. I feel like if we're going to get any more like top-down type Zelda games or 2D type Zelda games, they're going to be a lot like Link's Awakening. Maybe not the art style, but the fact that it's more of a handheld-like game that you could play on your TV. And that's just how it's going to be going forward. Yep, I agree. Alright, David Nystrom has a question. Could you revive one... Let Let me try that again. If you could revive one IP that's been dormant slash dead, but you had to lay another franchise to rest, which ones would you choose? Allison, what say you? Um, I'm not sure which one I would lay to rest. I have to think about that, but... Oh, come on. Oh, okay, well, hold on. <laughs> I'm thinking. But, like, an IP that has been dormant for a long time that's actually a huge part of my childhood is Spyro. I'd love to see something, like... They had a, the remaster of the Spyro games come to Switch, which I was super excited about, and... Um, very happy to play again, but I would love to see something new for that. But if I had to put a, one to rest, uh, um, I don't know. What? Oh, what, come on! What do you I know. not like? <laughs> All right. Well, obviously we're killing Kirby. What? Would, oh, I'm not killing I Kirby. Sa- I would blood sacrifice Kirby for a for a hamburger. Never mind you one of my beloved it, IPs that's you, been dead. You made it sound like the answer was so obvious, and no. It is you're obvious. You're the only one who hates Kirby. <laughs> no. Everyone else is just wrong. <laughs> um, so Kirby Kirby is getting, like, he's getting a ritual sacrifice. Um, and, and even if the chance was, like, like, 1 in 10 that it would work, I'm still doing it to Kirby. Um, a franchise that's been dormant, I have... Um, two answers here first i i think that the mother franchise i know that's like such a generic lame answer but like really i i do think that that could be done really well in 2022 like it was so quirky and so i don't know different in a lot of ways um i think that would be awesome and this would be maybe this is like kind of a a weirder answer but metal gear solid um, because they haven't really done anything after Kojima left Konami. And in fact, Konami is now basically not making games anymore. They're just being, they're selling NFTs like a bunch of doofuses. So I don't know that we're going to see a Metal Gear Solid game like, like we used to. So I would absolutely love to have like Metal Gear Solid 6 or, I don't know, just an, or even a remaster or remake of the first two Metal Gears would be awesome. So um, I really, really love Metal Gear. So, yeah, that would be my answer. There you go. Kill Kirby. Definitely. Jeez. Uh, let's keep it moving. Quigs has a question. Do you think there will be a Breath of the Wild 3? Yes, I do. Um, I don't know if I'm finally having um 
that Breath of the Wild fatigue kick in that everybody else has been talking about for a couple years now. But I just, I feel like I'd, after Age of Calamity, um, I feel like I would be okay with it being a duology like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. I feel like after Breath of the Wild 2, I'm okay with moving on. Uh, I think that there is going to be a Breath of the Wild 3. Um, I really do. And that will probably that will probably be on like the Switch 2 or whatever they call it, the Super Switch. But uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's going to happen for sure. I mean, 27 million copies sold or whatever it is of Breath of the Wild. I, I, think, I think it's going to happen. All right. Do you think a cel-shaded HD Minish Cap remake, like a sort of top-down Wind Waker HD would be a good idea? Or you... Or would you prefer a port keeping the pixel art? That's from Ocarina Holder 52. Yeah, I think that sounds sweet. But not not in the exact same style of Wind Waker. Because I think that Minish Cap worked so well because it was like a blend of like pixel but Wind Waker style graphics. So I think that you'd kind of want to maybe make it a blend of kind of a link between worlds and Wind Waker. Um, a little bit more... Because I'm not a huge fan of a link between worlds like art style. But it, like I think you want to keep like the more humanoid type of like characters because in wind waker they like everybody sort of looks like a bobblehead um so i think that if you did that that would be a really great um uh, art style for this hypothetical remake to have um i kind of like the idea of having it be a port and keeping the the original art because it i feel like it definitely has its own unique kind of art it's like the only game that has its own identity with its art Every everything else kind of feels like it has some sort of spinoff or sequel to it that has a similar art, even if like you know Wind Waker has the Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks, it's just been downgraded to the to the DS style, like to fit the DS, but it's still the same like kind of art style. So mm-hmm. I kind of like that Minish Cap has its own little identity with it, and I'd like it to keep it. I just I think that like you can't do. Like, let's say that they remade this game in HD, uh, or like let's just say they remade it on the Switch. I just I don't think that you can do pixel art. Like I just I don't think it works, um, unless you're going to do. Well, actually, no. I, I just take that back. I just don't. I don't think it works. So yeah, I, I think that that would have to be what they would do if they if they ever did this. Um, Quiggs has a question. Do you think Loft Wings will ever? return? I feel like if they're ever gonna come back, they should come back in Breath of the Wild too, since it looks like you're gonna be flying around and doing your thing in the sky yeah i i agree that would have been my answer too all right um chewbacca chewbacca has a question here should they continue the four swords series you know what my father used to tell me when i would ask him an obvious question he'd look (laughs) at me and he'd say andy does a bear poop in the woods oh my god he didn't actually say that but you know what i'm saying (laughs) jeez I mean, the answer, is, the answer is yes. I don't know. Maybe I'm just in a really, I'm not in a negative mood today, but I'm kind of in a, a mood of let things be what they are. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I feel like they tried to go back to the idea of Four Swords. Like I understand Four Swords has its own like story and everything, but I feel like Nintendo tried to go back to the idea of the like the just the concept and the mechanics of it and that's how we got Triforce Heroes and obviously that just did not do well so I'm kind of in the mindset of like let it be and like bring us Four Swords Adventures on online because that that's that I think that's where their focus should be I think Four Swords Adventures online is like a continuation of the series yeah right? like so I guess in a way our answer is the same. Maybe it's that new bed. You're just not sleeping the way that you used to, and you're just like, ugh. I've only been on it once. <laughs> this is the morning after, so yeah, maybe that's, you're right. That's all it takes. <laughs> ugh. i to record today. Ugh. <laughs> Got all these questions. Um, all right, let's keep it moving here. We have a ton of questions, and I'm not entirely sure we're going to be able to get to them all, but we're going to try our best. Uh, Ocarina Holder asks, if Zelda Lego ever happens, what would you want as one of the sets? I mean, it's got to be Hyrule Castle, right? Oh, yeah, that would be cool. I can, I can dig that. Um, I was thinking, oh God, I was thinking like one of the dungeons, and for some reason, like the dungeons from Ocarina of Time come to mind. But I just think that Wind Waker would look better on a Lego, 
like um the little character sprites and stuff like that they feel like they would translate over to lego as well so if i could pick something from wind waker it'd probably be like windfall island would be super cute with all the different little yep. characters and stuff that'd be good tetris ship would be good yeah um, there you go. i think the temple of time would be awesome yeah uh, oh you know you know what would be really awesome is clock town that would be great Ooh, yeah i like that i changed my answer um may like maybe 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 this would be like the, a big mofo piece of lego though like you could do the great plateau as well Jeez, that'd be cool oh my god that's a big that's a big set of lego though that's gonna yeah. cost you a pretty penny <laughs> yeah um so yeah that's uh that's our answer we kind of answered this last week but i feel like we should just quickly touch on it Corey asks how high are the chances that we get another Zelda game announced slash released in 2022 besides Breath of the Wild 2? If we do get another, what would you want it to be? So my answer last week that I'll just reiterate was I feel like it's at least a 50-50 chance that Breath of the Wild 2 gets delayed to 2023. And I don't know if there's anything else that fills that gap in 2022 if that happens, except for maybe, like I mentioned earlier, um, Game Boy Advance games coming to Nintendo Switch Online. I think that's your only saving grace. Unless they're going to throw out, like, a mobile game. But we also talked about that last week, and it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I I can't imagine them doing something like a brand new Wappen Zelda game uh, in the middle of them uh, producing and completing and marketing Breath of the Wild 2. You know, this has kind of been where the series is sitting at console-wise for the last five years. So, like I said earlier, it would have to be, like, a port, and I I would really like the uh, Oracles to be ported. Um, all right. Let's keep it moving. Quiggs asks, would you want a forging system for weapons and armor in Breath of the Wild 2? Yes, but it can't be, like like age of calamity's forging system because it was that was awful it was overcomplicated. nobody understood it uh and what it, it just wasn't very good and you were forging the same item over and over so it, it can't be like that but i do think that forging in general is a great practice that like it's really not that more complicated than cooking would be so yeah i think that i think that it should happen i think they could easily do something like uh skyrim where as you you know as you improve in the game or get you know further in the game when you're in skyrim you level up but when you get further in the zelda game you know you get better items that would forge better weapons kind of just like you got better items or you got better weapons in breath of the wild but just backwards you get to build them and forge them in like a forge so i think that would be super cool something similar to the skyrim vein in that uh all right Chewbacca asks, if we reuse bosses for Breath of the Wild 2, which ones would you want for it? So first of all, if they reuse bosses, that's incredibly lazy. I would be very disappointed if they did that. Because, I mean, like, what? There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Like, there's seven bosses in Breath of the Wild. And, like, it doesn't make sense to bring Koga back. It doesn't make sense to bring any of the Divine Beasts back. Or the, not Divine Beasts, the, um... The Gan the Blights, that's the word I'm looking for. The Blights back. Um, and it doesn't make sense to have Monk Maskashia come back. So, like, I um, hope they don't reuse any of the bosses because I don't want to see any of them. Would, uh, does this question just uh, pertain to Breath of the Wild or just the overall Zelda series? You know what? That's a good question. I, I took it as it pertained to Breath of the Wild. Oh, I took but, it as uh, overall. <laughs> Okay, well, if it's overall, then, like, we're we're in a different ballgame here. And in that case, dude, I would love to... See, like, can you imagine, instead of, like... Uh, let's say that you're at that, that part of, of uh, Hyrule, and it's just looking at Eventide Island right before you jump off the big cliff. And you know there's that little that little circle in the ground you could drop down to fight a Hinox. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's just, let's just say that there's like Aquamentis down there, <laughs> right? Like this, and you're fighting Aquamentis or like just a, like, like those classic NES bosses. I think that would be so awesome. I think I've pitched that idea on the show before, but man, if you had like, if you had the classic NES bosses reimagined in 3d and there was only one of them on the map. And like, that was maybe like a side quest. It's like slay these bosses, dude, that would be so cool. Yeah, I'm thinking I would really like to see Gleok. I might have said that before just because um, 
uh, I enjoy fighting Gleok in most uh, Zelda games. And also, and I just think it would look really cool in Breath of the Wild too, in that art style. Um, but maybe something, maybe something like, I don't know, Kalidamos would be cool, or I, I don't want Kalakdos to come back, because I really like Kalakdos and Skyward Sword, but something of that nature, um, or Eox from Phantom Hourglass, I just think those big, giant, imposing, scary, like, mechanical ones and the plant ones would be super cool in the Breath of the Wild 2 kind of art style environment. Yeah, I would. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't be down for Cali. Cali Damos. Whatever. Cali Damos. I like Cali, Cali Damos. Da- no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, let's keep it moving. Uh, this is a this is a mouthful here, Allison. So let's pay close attention to this. Okay. This is from my eager eyes, and they ask. In regard to drip delivery of information, teasers, game footage, etc. in marketing an upcoming video game, what is the correct balance between respecting development cycles and teams recognizing content creators as key stakeholders in product consumption and sustaining interest pre and post release? So I'm just going to cut the question off there because it's uh, this is a long question. But so essentially he's asking what's the what's the correct balance for when to re- when to reveal your game, how much to give away and you know the the type of marketing there so i would say that um what do i think is a perfect example of a game that does that properly you know i i think that and this isn't necessarily the most fair comparison but like super smash bros is a game that does it perfectly where like it reveals the self and then will reveal a fighter or fighters um you know upcoming to the release um and eventually you get the release or whatever but it, during that release window let's say that it's a year out you can still drip the information of fighters that are coming out even like super smash bros brawl back in the day would have daily updates and a lot of times it was just like oh look at this item it's a banana that heals five percent but sometimes it was like look at this new stage look at this new piece of music look at this new fighter um so i think that that's like a really good way to do it now that's I don't know that that translates necessarily to Zelda in the same way. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess um, I thought that everything that Nintendo did from the time that they like fully revealed Breath of the Wild at E3 2016 up until its release almost a year later was basically pitch perfect. So like, I, I feel like maybe a couple trailers, a couple little bits of information and um, that's kind of the correct balance. But I, I, I don't know. It's tough because, like, I feel like uh, I feel like it almost varies game to game. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm I don't have a good answer. Do you Do you have any thoughts, Al? Um, I feel like it's kind of changed because of COVID and how things have been and how we need to do things going forward. But I think what they did perfect, like Nintendo did perfectly through COVID, um, was announce this completely out of left field game of Age of Calamity in like July that was coming out in September. Am I, am I getting those months right? I, I, I hope I am. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. And so that's just a three-month window to market. But almost every other week, they were posting something on Twitter or posting a little character blip or something. And that was their that was their drip of information. It was very steady and small. But, like, it was, it was constant throughout the three-month window that they had to market this. And that made sense for that particular game and for the like environment we were in with COVID of 2020. So, I mean, I kind of would like that. Um, but you more, maybe more so want like a six month window and the drip to be not like every other week, but every like three or four weeks, you know, like once a month, give us a significant amount of information, nothing crazy, but like something to kind of keep your peak, your interest to talk about and theorize for a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, I think that, I would even be okay with, like, a year. Like, you reveal the game uh, a year in advance, and then you kind of drip out that information. I mean, to be fair, you're right. And part of uh, the question that I left out from Eager Eyes is, you know, they do mention that the pandemic has kind of thrown a monkey wrench into the plans. Um, I I don't know. I I feel like potentially, you know, they released this at E3. They released the first trailer for Breath of the Wild 2 at E3. And um, I think that had maybe, 
I think that we probably would have seen it at uh, the following year's E3 in 2020 in a more substantial way. But I don't know, maybe maybe COVID affected that. And maybe it affected it big time, obviously, in for 2021 when we finally did see it, but didn't see a lot of it. So it's, it's hard to comment. Um, you know, I think that they did Metro Dread really great. They announced it at E3, released it about six months later. I think every couple weeks there was a Metro Dread report that showed off new stuff about the game. Uh, there were new trailers, um, you know, interviews with the developers. So I think that that was a great way to do it as well. So, but it's it's so tough. It's it's so tough, and it varies game to game. Yeah, so, I I agree. Especially yeah, in not really much of an answer, but yep. Um, all right, Emma has a question. What if anything will get you hyped for Breath of the Wild two again? All right, so Emma, I. I know I'm kind of sounding like that old man that yells at clouds on this show, but I mean, when we get a title and we get that first trailer for Breath of the Wild 2, like I, I'm going to be, my hype level is going to be 10 out of 10. It's going to be 12 out of 10, right? Like it's, uh, I just feel like right now it's just kind of that drag, that lull where it's like, ah, like give me, it, right now we're eating Brussels sprouts before we get our dessert. You know what I mean? But once those Brussels <laughs> oh sprouts are down and we get that dessert, it's going to be like, hmm, yep. <laughs> I love how you always compare the <laughs> Breath of the Wild 2 to, like, snacks and dinner, full-course meal, Brussels sprouts, and desserts. <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, yeah, I kind of feel like I'm hitting that fatigue, like I said, um, that everybody's been talking about for the last couple years. I was in the boat that was like, I'm okay with um, how they're doing things and all that kind of stuff, the, the pace at which, because I'm understanding of COVID, yada, yada, but... I'm also at the point with COVID where I'm just like, I'm over it. I'm just so, I'm, I'm ready for the world to go, not go back to normal, but come back to, you know, some sense of just living again rather than being so, so like, I don't know. It's just so, it's in your face every day. So I kind of feel that way with Breath of the Wild 2 as well, where there's a lack of it being in your face every day. <laughs> so I kind of would like... Um, a pretty significant trailer, maybe like an E3 2016 size trailer. And then, yeah, a title reveal would be great. Yeah. I mean, I think they have to blow this thing open at, uh, at E3 this year. I'm saying E3, but like at a Nintendo Direct at some point this year, that's probably not February, they have to blow this open. And like, I'm talking Treehouse gameplay. I'm talking like it, it has to be. Like, this game is supposed to release this year, and, like, we still know nothing about it. So, has to be coming. Yeah. And when that happens, I'll be hyped. Yep. So, there you go. Colin has a really great question that I didn't even consider. He asks, why are Hyrule Warriors games, or why are the Hyrule Warriors games considered as Zelda games for Zelda Dungeons ranking of best Zelda ever, when Crossbow Training and the Phillips games are not? Um, this is, this is a great question, and I think this is my answer to you, Colin. Um, so Link's crossbow training is more of like an interactive demo rather than like a fully fledged game. And, you know, I mean, the Hyrule Warriors games, Cadence of Hyrule, there are a lot of things, but you know, they're fully fledged games, right? And they may not be traditional Zelda games, but they at least are games. Whereas I feel like crossbow training doesn't really meet that criteria. And with the Philips CDI games, um, for a long, long, long time, it was more just like an accessibility issue. Because you would, you know, when we when we do our best Zelda ever list, I kind of feel bad for games like Four Swords and Four Swords Adventures, um, because like half the team hasn't played them, right? Because they're so hard to play, and the the CDI games are pretty much the hardest games to play. Now that somewhat changed last year because we had the um, the CDI like what is it hd remakes by by our pal doppley come out so they are a little bit more accessible so i don't know i i mean i'd be open to to having that you know having them included but uh i i think that you know hyrule warriors and cadence um are like serious zelda games and i think that they i don't know they're there's just a different kind of uh they're more accessible and i think that they were you know, they're made with Nintendo's input, where obviously the Philips CDI games were maybe not made with as much input from Nintendo. So that's the reason. But uh, you know what? I would be open to discussing that. I mean, that's the same reason that we don't put the Tingle games on there either, is because, like, 
there'd be two people on the team that's played him, me and JC. So, yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, let's uh let's keep it rock and rolling here. Um Grant has <laughs> a good question. Speaking of Hyrule Warriors, <laughs> is it acceptable to stop trying to 100% Hyrule Warriors on the Switch? I feel like a character from Majora's Mask needing Child Link to rescue me from the never-ending ritual. Grant, it is. it was never acceptable to start trying to 100% Hyrule <laughs> oh Warriors on the Switch. <laughs> that's just like, I don't know. That's, that's a tall order. I feel like it is easier to 100% Age of Calamity, um than it is 200% the OG Hyrule Warriors. That is an insane, insane amount of content, which is good because that means you kind you really got your money's worth with that that first game. Like there's just so much that you can you can do and have to do for 100%. I never even tried. I wasn't even like and I'm I'm one of those people that likes to have a 100% file on all my Zelda games, but I there was just no way. Which is weird that I say that. Because I'm, like, over here finding 2,700 Korok seeds with no problem, not even batting an eye and not complaining. But I don't want to do Hyrule Warriors 100%. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I didn't even 100% the Korok seeds. I think I got about 500, and I was like, that's enough of this. <laughs> well, I, that's all you need is the 455, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I did a couple more, and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> I, don't need to, I don't need to do this. Yeah. Like, what am I am i proving to people like yeah i got this golden piece of poop like praise me you know <laughs> no, thank you. uh but that's it i did get 100 percent in age of calamity yeah so you're right it's definitely easier to do joe ma asks other than breath of the wild 2 what zelda news do you think slash hope we'll get this year we kind of covered this already but really quickly uh game boy advance games uh maybe we could get a teaser for a oracle's remake and new amiibo that's my hopes yep. and my thoughts yep same 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 yep uh, Colin has another good question here, um, and this is uh, this is kind of topical. With the success of It Takes Two, could Zelda do cooperative games more in this model than Triforce Heroes? So It Takes Two is a game that just won the uh, the game of the year at the Game Awards. I I unfortunately haven't played it, so I'm not really in a in a strong position to comment on the game and like what kind of cooperative play that it involves. But you know, I think that. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that cooperative gameplay is, like, fine when it's done properly in Zelda. And, like, if it's done properly, I have no problem with it coming back. It's just that Triforce Heroes wasn't properly. It was done properly. It didn't work. It was bad. So if they wanted to do it again and do it better, uh, yeah, totally. I'd be totally fine with that. Even if they went with the same gimmick as Triforce Heroes where, like, you had all the stupid costumes and stuff like that, like, uh, okay, as if it plays properly, then whatever, that's fine. It doesn't necessarily have to be for me, but like, I just think that Triforce Heroes just doesn't play properly, and that's why I dislike it as much as I do. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I also haven't played It Takes Two, but when I think of like the next Zelda game that could have a co-op, um, I like that we've had four and we've had three, but maybe we can do a two, and I'd like it to be in the same vein as uh how you work together with cafe in Majora's Mask. That way you could have it be a co-op where you play with another person, but you also could have it just be a single player. Yeah, I think that'd be cool, actually. So there you go. Maybe do a little switcheroo action. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Um, our My my close friend, Duminal, who I will be talking to later today on the Omega Metroid podcast, available on Podbean, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts, asks, what old abilities do you want to see return in Breath of the Wild 2. Um, I think... I actually kind of hope that Link starts with, like, all of the base, like, champion abilities, like Mipha's Grace and Daruk's Protection and stuff like that. I hope that he just, like, has them at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Um, I think that would make sense because, like, you know, I, if they want to find a way to have Link's hearts kind of reset and his stamina reset, I think that's totally fine. But I think to me, it does make sense to have him start off with all of those abilities. So I think that they should come back and I think that they should come back like immediately. Yeah. Um, again, I took this question to be more uh, broad with the whole of the Zelda series. And this is something that's been brought up in the last couple years, like through daily debates and stuff. But I would really like magic abilities to be brought back, like the stuff you see in Ocarina of Time with the different uh, like magic 
pieces that you gather or maybe like the medallions kind of from uh, a link to the past I kind of like to see that like different um, I know we have the elemental like staffs from the whiz robes but I kind of like to just see a little bit more magic that you would have a magic meter for rather than a weapon for and I think that would be kind of fun I, I could be totally down with that, actually. Particularly if they're, like, the medallions in A Link to the Past, where, like, yeah. you can use them to fight enemies, but also, like, you use them to alter the environment. Yeah. Like, the Quake Medallion is how you get into, uh, I think it's the Swamp Palace. Like, that that kind of stuff, I think, would be very cool. That kind of stuff would actually be, like, very Metroid, in a way, where, like, you get a new ability, and it, and it kind of allows you to advance further. So I'd be down for that. Um, you must have been looking at the next question here, Al, because you gave you the perfect segue Minneapolis King says, instead of Link's arm working just like a Sheikah Slate in Breath of the Wild 2, how would you feel if the magic meter finally returned? Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Um, yeah, I, I think that would be, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. I, it's, uh, I it's, it's a classic uh, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, uh, Adventure of Link kind of idea. So, yeah, I think I'd be fine with that. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, you know, I love Breath of the Wild and all the components to it, but but you still kind of need to bring some new or refresh some old to make the game more exciting because I played Breath of the Wild 2 or Breath of the sorry Breath of the Wild a million times in the last 5 years so I I need something a little bit new or old What is old is new as the saying goes Yeah there you go <laughs> Um yeah I I think that that would be cool because the the return of the magic meter just infers the return of magic in general which I you know we just talked about would be cool to see come back as well so, yeah, totally. All right, one last question here. I saw this, and I was just like, ugh. Amiibo Jim asks, <laughs> Did you know in Skyward Sword HD you can move the camera using the button controls by holding L and moving the right stick? I don't think we're ever going to... I don't think we're ever going to live that down. We're not. <laughs> the, in the internet was all over us when that happened. That's okay, it happens. You know what, Amiibo Jim? <laughs> Let me tell you something. I love Skyward Sword. I love the button controls. And thank God that you can move the camera using button <laughs> controls. So, yeah. Thank thank you so much for letting us know. Um, and thank you so much for all of your questions. We we did skip over a few of them. We had uh, way too much for for one episode. But we'll definitely do another, um, we'll definitely do another Q&A soon. But uh, next week, we got something pretty cool on tap, actually. I'm excited for this. We are going to be discussing... Breath of the Wild and Princess Mononoke. I know that there's a lot of videos out there that uh, that discuss the the ties between Zelda and, and Studio Ghibli, but this is uh, Al's first time ever watching Princess Mononoke, and uh, I'm really excited to hear what uh, what you have to say when you when you get a hold of this movie, Al. Yeah, me too. I'm super I'm super excited. Um, I actually just recently found out that uh, I might have already said this on the a past episode that they're on HBO Max, which my sister's boyfriend has so i'm just totally gonna uh steal from him and <laughs> watch go. it that way <laughs> hold on so is are they not on american netflix all the ghibli movies no they're not are they on netflix oh. for canada yeah all of them oh wow yeah no they're not nope i was i was over well, we here still, we still have the office and stuff on netflix too because we don't have that peacock bs oh my god okay well <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, you know what? And I, I finally watched Spirited Away, speaking of. Yeah, the other day. I, that was the last one we watched together. And I yeah. liked it. Um, a great movie. Yeah, it was yeah. a good movie. I think I still like Howl's Moving Castle better. Uh, Mononoke is my favorite of the movies that I've seen from them, for sure. But I haven't seen Howl's Moving Castle, so maybe that'll be Ooh, next. do it. It's a but, good one. Um, yeah, that's coming up next week. That's going to be uh, a good show, I think, because I think there's a lot of meat on that bone. And also coming up next week, we're going to reveal what we're doing for episode 200 of the champions cast it is going to be a super announcement so uh make sure that you're sticking around for that and also make sure that you're following us over on twitter at spateri316 at allison aletha and checking us out over on podbean and itunes and spotify and wherever you get your podcasts you know the drill like and subscribe recommend us to that zelda fan in your life uh we will see everybody here next week have a great week everyone and take care